What's up, Hyperfast Nation? On this episode of the show, we're giving you a special glimpse into the 2023 Hyperfast Agent Summit that was held in October in Arlington, Virginia. And on today's show, we're bringing you the keynote speaker from that event. He has built several seven-figure, even eight-figure businesses. He's written multiple best-selling books, and he's taught thousands of real estate agents, entrepreneurs, and salespersons how to build not just high amounts of active income, but high amounts of leverage income and residual income. Welcome to the show, Brian Carruthers. I want to ask you all to be very present. And it's not easy to do in the world we're living in today. You're going to have a lot of messages coming in, a lot of things going on in your life. But I promise you over the next four hours, I'm going to share with you some info. I'm just kidding. I got 40 minutes to share with you guys some things that I really believe will help you to end up where you want to go. Okay. And let me share with you my, my short journey so you understand why I was invited to share this information with you all here today. And I'm not going to get into all the background and so forth. I'll share that as I go. But I came from a background in real estate. If you've been in the D.C. area for a while, you probably, uh, well, if you're old like me, you might remember Colquitt Carruthers Realtors. That was my dad's first company. He sold it to Merrill Lynch in 1980, uh, 1981 when he had 35 offices, uh, which became Prudential Real Estate. And after his five-year non-compete, he opened up his doors again, expecting my brother and I to maybe get into the business with him when we got out of college. So when I came home from Villanova, I jumped right into the real estate game. I was Rookie of the Year in Montgomery County in 1992. And uh, I was doing great. I was making six figures in my early in my 20s, and, and I felt like I was doing pretty well. But I was also working seven days a week, eight to faint. So if you're into the real estate game, you know what that's like. I know what it's like to tell my friends I don't have time for you. I know what it's like to, tw to put my fork down to the dinner table uh, to take a call to put out a fire so I didn't want to, I didn't want to lose a deal. Because when you're living deal to deal, check the check, you don't want to lose one. And that's kind of where I was. And I'll share with you a, 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 a couple screens here. I don't know if I've gone to somebody else. Oh, here we go. So I had a picture of me back when I had hair wearing a double-breasted suit. Uh, that's apparently not going to come up. But so I'll share the story about how I uh, ventured into some different spaces first and foremost. So there I was. I was in Rockville, uh, Maryland here. Uh, just opened up a brand new office for Prudential Carruthers. And uh, I was introduced to some entrepreneurs through a fellow, an agent who I was trying to hire. And that entrepreneurial journey took me to a place where I was never going to go if I was staying in that one lane as a real estate agent. And I started getting uh, around people like Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I, I got around billionaire Paul J. Meyer, uh, who is a grandfather to the whole personal development industry. So I discovered personal development. In order for your income to grow, you need to grow. And as we probably already know, but money like water seeks its own level. If you have a, bu a bucket of rocks, you pour water in it, the water's going to go as low as you can go. And so if you're a $40,000 a year person or if you're a $100,000 a year person, you want to earn a half a million dollars, somehow you might find a way to get there. But if you haven't gotten there as far as the value you bring to the marketplace, your income's going to come down to who you are. So I started getting around these great mentors that started to really pour into me. And I became a different person than I was as a 20-something-year-old real estate agent opening up these offices. I've, I've uh, written four books on wealth building and entrepreneurship. I started with making my first $10 million, then building an empire that Dan talked about, money mindset, and most recently, Untrapped. And then Grant Cardone. And uh, you know, I've, had, I've been on a lot of different stages with uh, Les Brown and Jim Rohn and uh, Brian Tracy, you know, uh, Magic Johnson, Richard Branson, Tony Robbins, amazing people that I got a chance to get around. Your associations are always working on you. 
You guys understand how that works, right? The law of association. You become, around, you become the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So if you're hanging around agents or people in your life that are all struggling, you're going to wind up struggling. You hang, out, hang around five broke friends, you're bound to be the sixth one. Five millionaires, you're bound to be the sixth one. If they drink, you'll drink. If they smoke, you'll smoke. If they curse, you'll curse. If they go to church, you go to church. You become who you hang around. You ever see somebody hang around their pet so much they start looking like their dog, right? <laughs> so you've got to be very careful of who you're spending time with in your life. So I started spending around time, I spent time with people that were making me a better person, growing me. So the last thing I want to share with you, and I'm going to get into some content that I hopeful, uh, I'm hopeful it will bear good uh, seed in your life. Um, this most recent book, Untrapped. I wrote this book just before COVID in, in 2019 it came out. Because as I've, I've spoken on stages and I do a lot of uh, group coaching and even private coaching with folks, everybody says they want time freedom. By a show of hands, how many of you all here eventually you want to have freedom of time in your life? We all want that, right? Now, let me ask you this. By a show of hands, how many of you all consider yourselves grinders? You're working your ass off all the time, right? Well, it used to be a badge of honor. Hey, nobody can outwork me. I'm the hardest working person I know. That's not a badge of honor that I would ever want to wear anymore. That's where I was in my 20s and even my 30s. But eventually, it's not about how hard you're working and how much you're giving up. It's what's the end result? What's it all for? See, my, my father had his first heart attack at age 32, quadruple bypass at 38, a double bypass at 46. The doctor said he wouldn't make it to 50, which is one of the reasons why he sold his first real estate company because of the stress that comes from building a big operation like that. My brother, who's a year older than me, had his first heart attack at age 31. By the time he was 40, he had eight stents in his heart keeping him alive. So sometimes you have to read the writing on the wall and say, okay, what am I doing all this for? What is the end game? So what is your end game? Do you want freedom? Everybody says, I want time freedom, but if you have to keep on trading your time for money, you're never going to have real time freedom because you have to keep giving it up to get more money to pay for what you want to do in your life. And if you can see on the screen, you can see the picture I chose for the cover of that book. It's a guy that's on a treadmill, and that's kind of where I was in a certain section of my life where I felt like I was just going nonstop and it was just never going to end. And I met this entrepreneur through that real estate agent and he said, Brian, you need to work on this project with us to build some passive residual cash flow so that you can get time freedom into your life that you don't have right now. I said, here's the problem. I don't have time to work on another project. He said, do you like living that way? I'm like, well, no. He said, what makes you think if you keep on doing what you're doing that five years from now, you'd be any less busy than you are today? I said, I don't know. He goes, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. You've heard that before. So I say all that to say, I'm not telling you to go do anything different, but I'm saying do what you're doing differently. Set it up where you've got an end game in mind. If you're, how many of you by a show of hands are five years or younger in your real estate career? Half the room. How many of you guys have been in the game for more than 10 years? Okay, a quarter of you guys. So here's what I want you guys to, to, to think about. 20 years down the road, 30 years down the road, whatever it looks like, where do you want to be? What is your lifestyle? What do you want it to look like? I got out of real estate 25 years ago last month was my 25th anniversary of being real estate free. And I'm not saying that, I'm, that's not even really tongue in cheek, that's just kind of my story. I left real estate to become an entrepreneur, do some other things. Here's what's interesting. There are agents that used to work in our family real estate company 
that I, I still see on social media or around town, and they're still selling houses. Not because they love selling houses after 35 years, it's because they have to. They never built any kind of a business model to put them in a position to have an exit strategy. Like when will you ever be able to get off the treadmill? So that's what I wanna to talk to you all about today. Now, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. How many of you all read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, by the way? So if you haven't, you might be one of the last ones that didn't raise your hand. Go into Barnes & Noble, go into the business section. It'll be the purple book, okay? It's, it's very pr pronounced in there. It's got many copies. He's already sold over 30 million copies of this book. So obviously people enjoy the contents of it, but it can change your life if you truly understand what it means and how to apply it and what you're doing. So as you look at this chart, it's what he calls a cash flow quadrant. And everybody in here, you live in one of these quadrants. The E, the S, the B, or the I. The E quadrant is you're an employee. You work for somebody else. Your time is not yours. You have to keep on giving it to get paid. So you're not going to get time free. And you're not going to be financially free as an employee. And then you also uh, have the S, the self-employed. So people are like, I'm no, I don't want to work for anybody else. I want to work for me. Well, guess what? You still have a boss. You're still trading your time for money. You might go from being W-2 to now maybe you are uh, kind of an independent contractor. It could be a real estate agent, a loan officer, a chiropractor. Heck, you could be a surgeon making 20 grand per surgery. If you stop doing surgeries, you stop getting paid. You stop closing loans, you stop getting paid. You stop selling houses, you stop getting paid. You're not finding freedom there either. Now, when you, when you enter into the real estate game as a real estate agent, you are going into the self-employed quadrant. And it's okay to live there as long as you're okay with living there. But if you want time freedom, that's gonna be found on the right side of this equation. In the B quadrant, which is mean you're a big business owner, you got leverage, or the I, the investor, where your money's making you money. Now, I don't know if it's Warren Buffett's words, everybody puts words in everybody's mouths for memes on social media, but apparently Warren Buffett said, if you don't find a way to make money while you sleep, you're gonna work until you die. You probably, have, you probably understand what, whoever came up with that, it's true. You've gotta get money coming in that you're not having to keep on chase, keep chasing. So let's talk about the, the B quadrant. Who makes more money, the insurance agent or the broker? The realtor or the broker? If you have a job, you or your boss. It's the people who've got leverage. So I learned this from growing up through osmosis, watching my dad build his first real estate company, and I just kind of watched. I was a kid. I didn't really pay much attention, but I look back and I understand exactly what I learned from it. Would you rather, you know, it's not about you going out. And here's what's crazy. My brother did really well in real estate. My brother never sold one house his entire life. But yet he built, he opened up offices, filled those offices, and helped my dad grow that company to 34 offices and then sold a PenFed credit union several years back. So it went from Prudential Curlers to Prudential PenFed. And then Warren Buffett comes along and Berkshire Hathaway buys Prudential. So now it's Berkshire Hathaway PenFed. My brother stayed on with them to help them buy up real estate companies around the country. So he's still in the game. My, my dad's retired. I say all that to say, you want to be in a position of leverage. Not being leveraged, not being an agent for somebody else, or not just being a salesperson going out and hustling sales forever, but put yourself in a position where you have an exit strategy. How many of you, by show of hands, have already begun building a real estate team? Do you have anybody have a team here? So I see a bunch of hands going up. 
So you want to start building a team. You got leverage. Maybe you got a buyer's agents. Maybe you got some closing coordinators. You got stagers. You got you start building a team. You start building it like a business, not just a sales rep. Okay. Uh, if you build a team right, you might even be able to sell your team to a brokerage that wants to acquire you in the traditional real estate model. As long as you're willing to stay on for a while to keep it going while they get, get the you know get extracted value from it, then there's something there's an exit there. Um, if you build your own brokerage, you can sell your brokerage. Like my dad sold his first company, and then they sold the second company. You have something to sell. Um, so there's there's different models in real estate that you can find where you can actually have leverage and you can have the exit strategy. Now the key is to ask yourself the question: Where do you live now? Which most of you raised your hands. You're in the S quadrant as an agent, but where do you want to live? So whenever I get on stage, you know, I, I, I prayerfully just ask uh, for some help from above to be able to guide my words, guide my heart, to be able to share with my audience something that can be transformative in their life. Like I want to give you something that is it's tangible, that's, that you can implement, that's going to give you so what you're looking for here today. And there's a lot of amazing speakers with a lot of different topics. So you're going to be getting a lot of information today. But I want to be a big picture with you and help you plan out 20 years from now or whatever your end game is. So let's talk about, uh, uh, by the way, let me uh, pre-frame this part. So and, and Carrie or whoever, just so you know, I've got a clock up here, but it's a black screen. So I don't know what it looks like. But OK, you got it. Cool. So foundationally, if you don't have the, the, the proper foundation for what, how you live your life, the philosophies, the mindset, attitude, then the how-tos, like somebody might say, well, Brian, um, when you were good in real estate, what would you, how would you generate leads? And you know, where were you getting all your sales from? How do you, how do you recruit agents? The how-tos in any business are the least important because if you're building the how-tos on a foundation of sand that's shifty, it's not gonna last long anyway. So one of the things I learned from my billionaire mentor, Paul J. Meyer, is that we all focus on lifestyle. Here's what I want. I want to make all this money. I want to be driving this car. I want to be taking these vacations every quarter around the world. The lifestyle is what we want, but how do we get it? Backtrack. The lifestyle requires results. How do you get the results? You have to do the right activity. But your activity is going to be, is going to be spurred on by the attitude that you have which comes from your mindset and your philosophy. So I'm not going to get into a deep dive on philosophies and mindsets, but one of the things that served me very well is I was willing to delay gratification. And I imagine if you're succeeding in your real estate career, you're delaying gratification. You're exercising your no muscle a lot, telling your friends no, sometimes even telling your family no, telling your spouse no. You're saying no to a lot of things that you'd like to do. You'd like to go bowling. You'd like to go watch Sunday football. You'd like to go on more date nights with your spouse. But you're saying no because you're in the grind and you're willing to pay the price, right? You're willing to delay gratification. Hey, when we get to this point, when I get to a quarter million, when I get to a half million a year, a new world opens up to us and then I will be able to dot, 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 fill it in. So part of it is be willing in a season. So. Um, People struggle with time management. I'm going to talk about this in a few minutes anyway, but bring it forward now. It's just popped out of, my head, out of my head. How many of you all right now feel like you can't get any busier? You're already super busy. Anybody like that? A few of you. So the rest of you all, you have plenty of free time. Yeah? Okay, cool. So time management is a problem that every single one of us has to deal with. 
We all do. I actually have a training program called Time Masters to teach people, regardless of what industry you're in, but especially in sales or in, in entrepreneurship, we have to be very vigilant about our time. So we all have 24 hours in a day. And I have people that I coach that are like, oh, well, I can't do this or I can't do that because I don't have any time. And that's complete BS. You have the same time I've got. God didn't give me more hours, which gave me the ability to go do more. I'm just choosing to focus my efforts and my attention, getting the, the highest and best use of my time. How many of you all right now, by a show of hands, and okay, I know you're going to get tired, and some of you aren't going to raise your hand. How many of you all took a shower this morning? Okay, thank you. We got everybody to raise your hand. If you didn't, we don't, your neighbor doesn't want you to, okay? But how many of you all right now, by a show of hands, use a day planner or a calendar of some sort? Okay, that's super important. So one of the philosophies that I had to learn was the idea of, yes, delayed gratification, but of time management. And you've got to figure out what's important in your life and plan for it. The most successful people in the world plan their day the night before, plan the week the, the, at the beginning of the week, plan the month at the beginning of the month. You have to be planful. So a day planner is super important. Put the big rocks, the most important things in your life, in the calendar that are not movable. If you go to church on Sunday morning at a certain time, it goes in there and nothing, nothing comes up. It doesn't matter if you get invited to play golf or something. It, you're going to church. If you have a, a like, like for me and my business, I've got a leadership call every Sunday evening from 8 to 9. It's something I committed to a couple dozen, 20-some years ago. Every single Sunday night from 8 to 9, I've been on a conference call. And some people are like, well, I'm just not willing to do that. That's a big price to pay. I've made, from that one business that I'm on that call for each week for an hour, I've made $26 million in personal net profit from that one business model. And people say, oh, but it's too much to spend an hour on a leadership call. You, you, people need, you, need, you need to recalibrate your thinking. So that goes in there and doesn't come out of my calendar. If I've got a date night, like I take off Fridays. For, for several years now, I don't work on Fridays. I don't answer calls. I don't return text messages. I don't do anything on Fridays except for either golf in the morning if it's, if it's good weather out or date night on Fridays with my wife we, or we do something with the family, with the kids. But Fridays, I've got it blocked off. Okay, so whatever you have in your life that's important to you, so getting back to what Paul Meyer talked about with, with time management, you've got, he, he talks about, he, he's, always, he talk, he's not alive anymore, he passed away about a dozen years ago, but I would encourage you to go look up Paul J. Meyer. Um, he authored and sold over $2 billion of his own books and training programs. Goal setting, attitude, mindset, I mean, um, but he talked about the, the, the wheel of life. And there's spokes coming off the hub of the wheel. And if each, you got maybe health and, health and wellness, spiritual, financial, so you got these different areas of your life. If any one of them is out of whack or neglected, the spoke is too short, the wheel will not be round and it's not gonna really, your life won't roll smoothly. It'd be like, and you'll just be like pulled over. You're like, your life will get derailed because of that. So I was at Paul Meyer's home in, in Texas and I asked him this specific question because I was willing I asked my mentor at the time, I said, I want to make a rock a month, which was my slang for 100 grand a month in my business. I said, I want to make 100 grand a month. What does that look like? What do I need to do to make a six-figure six figure monthly income? He said, Brian, you're, and this is the advice he gave me. He said, you've got to be so busy that your head is spinning 
and you don't know right from left. When you're that busy doing the right things, you're on track to a six-figure monthly income. And that's how I got. So then I asked Paul Meyer, I said, well, what do I do with this? Because it affects other areas of my life if I'm so one-track focused on building my business. And he said, Brian, it's okay for a season to get super obsessed and to get hyper-focused on one of those folks, one area of your life. Don't neglect a marriage. Don't neglect kids. Don't walk away from your faith. Don't stop going to church. But you have to figure out how you can keep those plates spinning, but get that super focus. And I'll, I'll, give, you, I'll give it to you in a, in a metaphor like this. So if you're in an airplane and you're trying to get up off the ground, can you go 60% throttle and get up all over the trees at the end of the runway? Nope. How about 70%? 80%. That pilot's got to go 100% throttle to get the lift, to get up over the trees, to get up to cruising altitude. Now, here's the thing. If you're flying from D.C. to Vegas, and you go 100% to get up to cruising altitude, and you stay at 100%, you think you're going to make it? You're going to crash somewhere around Kansas because you're going to run out of gas. You only need to go 100% to get up to cruising altitude, then you throttle back to 65% and cruise the rest of the way. Once in a while, your business might hit a little turbulence, and then you might have to go up another several thousand feet to find some smoother air. You might even come down a few thousand feet to find smoother air. But you guys get the point. You gotta be willing to go full throttle. Success loves speed. You need to be super consistent. So, anyway, so get the right philosophies. One of, the, uh, one of the philosophers that I listened to early on, his name was Jim Rohn. Jim Rohn, um, you know, he, he taught so much into me that it has not only affected my business, but now everything I talk about, a lot of that Jim Rohn, even, that, even though they're not his words, comes out with everybody I coach. So philosophy leads to your mindset, gives you the right attitude to do the right activity, to get the results, to get you your lifestyle. So... You guys probably know the Simon Sinek's book, Start With Why. I already talked a little bit about this. Start with your end game in mind. What is it that you're trying to accomplish? You were not playing in a sandbox at seven years old, dreaming about one day I'm going to be a real estate agent. Not one of you. Not one of you did that. I grew up in a real estate family, and at seven years old, I did not want to do what my dad did in real estate. That's not what we dream about. But we might find a vehicle like real estate or whatever it might be to get us to the desired outcome of what we're looking to accomplish in our life. I'm going to give you another book. I'm a big reader, okay? Uh, if you're taking notes, write this one down, Die With Zero. Die With Zero is a book that has recently changed my life. Because for most of my adult life, look, I'm, uh, I hope I don't look it, <laughs> but I just turned 52 about a week, two weeks ago, or 53, I'm sorry, 53. So I've had a lot of adult life so far. I started working my butt off at age 22. So for 30 years, I was out there doing you know, a, lot of, a lot of work. And so about a year and a half ago, I read this book, Die With Zero, which talks about, and I'm gonna share it with the premise, but I still think you're gonna get 10X more by reading the book yourself. Don't wait until you're too old to enjoy life to do the bucket list stuff. Don't wait until you're like 75 to go hiking in Chicatera in Italy when it's going to not be possible with your legs. 
there are certain things that you want to be younger to do. But the book talks about do it while you're young so you've got a long runway left in your life to savor and enjoy those memories that you create. Right? So do something when you're 40, and if you live to 90, you got 50 years to enjoy the memories versus waiting until you're 70, and you don't even do the thing as enjoyably, but then you only have a limited number of years. He also says it's a shame, and I agree with this big time. It's a shame that people work their entire lives only to die and pass their estate along to those who inherit it, and they never got a chance to see the good their money was going to do in the world. How horrible is that? You go out on a massive net worth of $10 million, you croak, and then what happens? Who knows? You never got a chance to see it. So what I started to realize is everything I'm doing, what's it all for? I can't take it with me. So I've started to become very philanthropic in the last year with the resources that God is. Look, it's, and, and I'm, I'm, this is not, I don't want to get religious about this, but uh, in the last year, I've, um, I've given my life to, to Christ, and I'm on a faith journey now that I had never been on before. Even I went to Catholic school and all that. I never had a relationship in my faith. And so I'm, I'm now aligned with what I do as an entrepreneur, but what I also do uh, to help expand his kingdom, and that's been an alignment I never felt before. So I, I do things with a different sense of calling that I never had. And I wish that upon you, whatever your faith is, get aligned. And we'll talk about that here in a second. But, but start with why. What is it you're doing all this for? And, and look, if you don't have the right why, you're not going to do the work. You're not going to be consistent. You're not going to build momentum. And anything that you build, it'll be fleeting. It'll disappear on you if you don't have the right why. Now, I'll tell you my why for what I did uh, in my late 20s, when I became an entrepreneur and started absolutely killing it in what I was doing, our, our coaches used to say, you gotta, your, your why is what's going to drive you. And so everybody would be like, hey, what's your why? And be like, oh, well, when I get married, I want to be able to have a beautiful home. I want to put our kids in private schools. I painted this nice altruistic picture as my answer. And everybody tends to do that. I'm doing this to retire my spouse. I want to be able to do this for my kids. And I said those things, but I was single, no wife, no kids, so it was, just, it was just words and affirmation of what I hoped for in the future. But that was not what was driving me to make the phone calls, to talk to new prospects, to do the follow-ups, and everything it takes to build a business. So I'm going to tell you my real why. And only because of my new walk in my faith and my transparency and my vulnerability that's really come big, you know, ever present in my life now. I've, I've shared, I, I spoke at the Faith Over Fear event in Orlando three weeks ago. Um, and I shared it there for the first time on a, on a large stage. So I went to Georgetown Prep in Rockville for high school. Anybody know where that school is? All right. So my brother is a year older than me. And we didn't get along awesome as brothers. We do great now, but back then we were like Irish twins, 13, 13 months apart, so we just kind of fought a lot. And he typically dominated me, which is what it is. But um, his, his best friend, and he put me in a locker, stuffed me in a locker and locked it and put a sign on it that said, don't feed the animal. And all the kids walking by laughing, and I had to kick it open with my knee into the metal mesh, which sliced my knee open and blood was going everywhere. But it was humiliating for me to go through that experience. And that same year, one of the football players 
took me and put me upside down and stuck me in a trash can right in front of everybody after school let out. And so I never talked about this. I don't know how much, of, how much it really was consciously on my mind on an ongoing basis. It really wasn't. But what it made of me is I wanted to go prove myself, prove my self-worth, because that whittles away our self-worth when we have those belittling things happen to us. Maybe somebody spoke something uh, into your spirit that, that uh, belittled you, demeaned you, took away your self, self-confidence, your self-esteem. For me, I wanted status. And so a, a couple examples of, of the status. Uh, for example, when I was 28 and I got into a new entrepreneurship you know, uh, vehicle and I started building a business, I said, when I hit this top level, I'm going to go to a jewelry store and I'm going to go buy a gold Rolex. Now, anybody who wears a no, I'm not going to, I'm not here to offend anybody who's wearing a Rolex, but you don't buy a Rolex because it tells good time. Because it really doesn't. You're constantly like winding it and resetting it. The Rolex is a status symbol. If people have a Rolex, they don't wear a sleeve over it. They roll up the sleeve so you can see they got a Rolex. Because why? They want you to know they're successful. So I went and spent $7,000 to go buy a watch to show people I was successful. Why was that so important to me? Because I was shoved in a locker. And I was stuck in a trash can. And another thing, I wasn't, you know, um, I wasn't Brad Pitt either. So when I would go to a bar and I'd walk up to a girl and be like, hey, can I buy you a drink? The answer was... I'm waiting for somebody. So I walk away, okay, and I look over there, and half an hour later, she wasn't waiting for anybody other than somebody better looking than me. So I'm thinking, all right, so what I need is, I need to go get a Ferrari, so when I pull up to the restaurant, the bar club, I can pull up, flip the keys to the valet, right when I see some pretty girls walking, and so when I go and say, can I buy you a drink, they'll say yes. Is this shallow? Sure. Was this important to me and I didn't tell anybody about it? Yes. So when you talk about starting with why, that caused me to want to go make the phone calls, to do the follow-ups, to book my calendar solid, to go out there and grind and kick ass in my business so that I can do that. So I would say if you say you got this why, but you're not making the calls, you're not focused, you're not building your business to your full potential, it's because you don't have a why, the real why that's going to motivate you to do it when you don't feel like doing it. Because success does not come from convenience. If you only work when it's convenient for you to work and there's nothing else going on, you're not going to have much success. Now, I don't ever, I still have, and by the way, the Ferrari I got was the Ferrari, uh, a picture of a 355 red with tan interior that my brother had pictured, a picture stuck on his refrigerator at his house. It was his dream car. And because he was not supportive, when I went off into my entrepreneurial venture and was not staying in the track he thought I should stay in. He gave me too much shit. So I've said, okay, I'm gonna get you. So I called Ferrari Washington and I said, I need this car. He said, we happen to have one. I went and bought it and I got it back to my parents' house two days later for Thanksgiving, pulled up in the circular drive. I go inside, family's all in there. My cousin walks in about 20 minutes later. Oh my gosh, whose Ferrari's parked out front? And my brother goes, Ferrari? And my sister goes, oh, Brian, you brought your new car? And Tommy goes, what? And he runs outside. He goes, that's my dream car. I'm like, hell yeah, it is. So (laughs) sometimes you've got to have something that's going to motivate you. It could be something positive, your end game, what you're building towards. Sometimes sometimes it's like an F you for somebody that was kind of going against you. Does this make sense? 
So figure out your why, one that's going to motivate you to do what you got to do when it doesn't, when you don't feel like doing it, when it's not convenient. Your priorities, your priorities. When somebody says, I don't have time to do X, all they're telling me is X is just not important to them. They have the time, but they're just not allocating it towards that. So you got to figure out what your priority is. And I'm not saying that your business has to trump your faith or your, or your family, but you got to figure out where things are and keep it in front of you. It might be faith, family, finances, fitness. Figure out where it is. But for people that I coach and they say, hey, I want to I be financially free, but they're not doing what they got to do, it means that their, their finances are not high enough priority in their life. Another thing, people say, well, I'm comfortable. I'm good. I talk to people, hey, let me get in this business with me. I'll coach you. I'll help you. And like, oh, I'm, I'm good. That, it, it, what's interesting when I see this, I have people that will open up to me and share with me their economic situation. And it's not good. Like, I wouldn't want to be their kid. It's not fair. It's not fair to a kid to have parents that are not making them feel secure. Like as a parent, I'm sure you want to do what you got to do to provide and give them a sense of security. We all want that. And I want people to, I, that's why I spend every day of my life helping people to do. But for somebody to say, oh, I'm good, I'm comfortable. No, they're not. But they're settling. They're settling for that lot in life that they think that that's the hand of, uh, they were dealt in life. And that's all they're going to, they just got to get happy with it. They got to get good with it. Well, when you're dealt a hand, you guys know that you can discard and get new cards. It doesn't have to be that way. And so from that standpoint, um, I want you all to think about, have you settled? Can you imagine if you're married and you come home early from the airport? You went on a business trip, you went to a convention, whatever. And you get home early, you plan to sneak into the house and surprise your honey. And you roll in, you open the door real quietly, and you sneak in. You hear your spouse in the kitchen. And you sneak in for that surprise. But as you're rounding the corner, you hear your spouse talking to their best friend. Like, yeah, I know. I know I settled. I'm just trying to make the best of this marriage. Would your heart break? If I heard Melissa say that about our marriage, my heart would shatter. But is that, or is that what you're doing in your life? Are you settling for something in life? You gotta, step out of, you gotta step out of your body and look at your situation, talk to yourself and say, hey, are you settling? And it should feel that same way as hearing your spouse say that they're settling for you, okay? Commitment, finish when you start. There's a lot of starters, but very few finishers. I don't know what the stats are. I've been using the same stat for many, many years, and it's probably changed plus or minus five, but 80% of people who get a real estate license never sell a house. They go through the whole rigmarole of the licensing, getting the test, all the stuff, and then they never even sell a house. 
most people who start a home-based business, I don't care if it's selling Mary Kay or selling stuff on Etsy, or they start and then a year later, they're not doing it anymore. You gotta finish what you start. Stop being quitters. Quitters never win and winners never quit. Now there are some things you should quit. Like quit smoking. Quit telling lies. Quit being unreliable. Quit being late to meetings. There's a lot of stuff you should quit, but I'm talking about if you start a business that you said you have a strong why for doing it, don't quit. Statistically, 10% of the people in this room two years from now won't be in this room anymore because you won't be in this industry anymore. Are, are you going to be that statistic? You got to figure out your why and your priorities. And if you have a strong reason for being here, then you sure as heck will be here next two years from now. Talk about buy-in. If you're going to have a lot that you want to do in your life, uh, you're going to make sure, you need to make sure that you've got buy-in from your family. Your, your spouse needs to be on board and your kids need to be on board. You also want to make sure that you've got goals. Some of the people that are struggling the most in life, they don't have goals. They're like goalless zombies. They've got nothing that, that, that's pulling them. You should have a, a North Star goal that is pulling you towards it. You might have other things that are pushing you, like near-term goals, bills need to be paid, um, you know, the brother that puts you in the locker. You have things that are going to push you, but then you have things that are going to pull you. What are your goals? You should have long-term, but then you've got to bring it into immediate. Like, do you have goals right now that you're not just trying to, but you're intending to hit in October? Some of you all are looking at me like, nope. That's why you're not going to do shit. If you don't have anything that you're striving for, you, you, you wake up thinking about it, you go to bed thinking about it, scheming about it, planning for it, you know, figuring out what you got to do to get it done, if you're not goal-oriented, you're just going to be on the hamster wheel of life. You got to get really, really big on goal setting. I don't have time. I only got seven more minutes, so I can't get into a whole thing on goal setting. That's a whole half an hour to tell you how to set goals that will actually work. Uh, but that's something you want to make sure you, you look into. A 90-day run. So the business that I've made, the tens of millions of dollars that I referenced earlier, I started in that business September of 1998. The first 90 days in that business, I gave it everything I had, even though I was still in real estate, every other waking minute, even to 1 o'clock in the morning, I was giving it everything. That was me thrust full down, 100% getting my plane off the runway. 90 days can build you that momentum. Get up to cruising altitude, throttle back, and you can, you can go forever. So I would encourage you to think about with you and your team, your mentors, figure out a 90-day game plan. Now I would say, hey, if it was a month ago, I would say, hey, what's your Q4 90-day run going to look like? Some of you all might be, hey, it might be January, the first quarter of 2024 might be my 90-day run. And for the balance of this fourth quarter, you're going to be putting some things in place. You're going to be putting some people in place. You're going to be setting your goals and getting everything ready, getting the buy-in from your spouse and your kids and everything else to be able to go on that 90-day run, to get massively out of balance, get massively focused on your business, and go out there and put your plane up in the sky in that 90 days. We talked about time management earlier already. Um, look, I threw this in here because I knew I was going to be talking to people that are all in a lead generation business and real estate. Um, this, this works in anything, frankly. I don't care if you're a real estate mortgage, if you're a chiropractor, you're a dentist in town or whatever. Just find ways to add value to people's lives before you ask for their business. 
there's a great network called BNI. Anybody in a BNI already? How many of you guys are in a BNI, Business Network International? Holy cow, two hands. I'm shocked. When I, when I go to entrepreneur or sales conventions and I talk, it's usually like half the room is like, we're in here. So a BNI is Business Networking is networking. And so the, the motto is giver's gain. Don't go into a networking event when, like, like here. I saw you all networking with each other. Don't go to networking events trying to get. Go in there trying to find some new relationships you can start and find out what they do for a living, what their ideal client looks like, so that you can go out there into the marketplace and help them get some referrals that you can send their way without expectation that it's going to come back uh, with reciprocity. The reciprocity will come the more you put others first before you, you will establish yourself as somebody that they would love to get you some business. Here's another book for you. Write these, not, write these books down. It's going to help you so much. Uh, Endless Referrals by Bob Berg. He and I being fellow authors, we've, uh, we've become really great friends. He also has a great book called Go-Giver and another one called Go-Giver Sell More. It's going to help you guys out in your industry as real estate agents. I mean, your job is to go out there and pound your chest and say, I am the best realtor in this marketplace. Choose me. Out of the thousands of agents you can pick from, I'm the one that's going to get you the best price for your house. That's a tall order to go compete. What if you can become an Angie's List? What, what if you can be a great resource for people? So you've, you've poured in so many love deposits, value deposits into those people that when it comes time for them to sell their house, there's nobody they could ever think of besides you. That's just a one little million dollar tip for you. Um, here's some hallmarks of success for you. I think I have been one of the most urgent people in any industry I've been in the last 30 years. I'm all about getting it done, success loves speed, I call it success compression. What's, what you think you should take three months to do, you should get it done in three weeks. Heck, if you get it done, get it done in three days. When I started my new business, they're like, hey, just go out and talk to a few people a day. I called, I called 200 people my first three days of launching it to start letting the world know what I was up to. So urgency and consistency. If you go Google or go look up Brian Carruthers on YouTube, you'll find one of the most watched videos was uh, when I was speaking on stage in Las Vegas at GoPro, and that was when we had you know, Eric Worre and, and Richard Branson and Tony Robbins and these guys, and, and I brought a microwave up on stage, I put some popcorn in the microwave, and I closed the door and I hit start. And I counted it down, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, opened it, no popcorn, closed it, start, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, open it, start. One, two, three, four, five, six, start. One, two, three, four, and everybody, there was 13,000 people there and they're like, what, what are you wasting all, you got a 20 minute TED talk slot and you're wasting three minutes. And here's the, here's the lesson. I can open and close that microwave for the next four years and I will never eat popcorn. That popcorn needs two and a half minutes of consistent heat for it to finally pop. That's what a lot of people are doing with their business. You're hot, you're on for a little bit, and then you take time off. 
And then you're on, and then you're off. And you're on, and you're off. And you're on, and you're off. And you never get any real momentum in your business because you're too on, off, on, off, on, off, on, off. You've got to stay consistently on. That's where we talked about the time management. Make sure that you've got, you know, if you're pumping water out of the old, old fashioned, you know, water pump in a, you know, little house in the prairie, a couple of us are old enough to know that show. So you, you get the water flowing, you can't let up off the, the handle. The water will go right back down into the well. Now you gotta pump, pump, pump real hard until the water starts flowing, and at some point you could just keep your hand on the pump. Just barely pump it, it'll keep coming. But some of you guys might be tempted to take your hand off the pump. You might go on a two-week vacation, a two-week European vacation. You come back and your business went back down into the hole. You lost your momentum. You're gonna be very planful on how you operate your business. Plan your vacations. When the cat's away, the mice will play. If you have a team, make sure you're planful on how everything's gonna be structured and how everything's gonna keep on moving while you're in your absence, okay? Um, so much I wanna share with you, I got one minute left. You gotta work on your craft. One of the things you gotta do is work on your music. How do you sound when you're talking to people? You're in a people attraction business, attracting customers, attracting team members, whatever you're attracting, how do you sound? Step out, record yourself and then re and look at them like, shit, I wouldn't wanna join me. I wouldn't pick me. Like, what's your music sound like? And you also need to go through, go through the numbers. I actually uh, was, was an advisor on a book called Go For No with Andrea Waltz. And Go For No doesn't mean, hey, go that way for the no's and go that way for the yeses. If that was the case, we'd all go get the yeses. But that's not what happens. Everybody's that way. You have to, got to go through the no's to find the people that are going to tell you yes. Whether it's clients or whatever you're looking for, go through the no's. Believe bigger, faster. If you're not inspired to have urgency and be consistent in your business, you're just, not, you're just lacking inspiration. Dream bigger, faster, believe. There's a lot of people that dream big, but you gotta believe big. First conceive of the dream, then you gotta believe the dream, and then you'll achieve the dream. There's a lot of dreamers that don't believe in their own dream, and that's why it's not happening. If you keep giving priority to a paycheck, you'll never build wealth and freedom. You gotta be willing to lose some money to get wealth. What am I talking about there? If you are a real estate agent, as a salesperson, you're not going to become wealthy. You're not gonna have time freedom as a salesperson. I don't know anybody in my entire life being around real estate, my entire life, I never saw a real estate agent build wealth from selling houses. You need to be building a team, building a real estate business, creating assets that will give you passive cash flow so you can eventually get off the treadmill and you can enjoy your life. Focus on the end game. And I wanna encourage you to read that last book that I wrote, Untrapped Freedom Manifesto, because if you do want time freedom, the way you're gonna get it is to get financially free. I hope I gave you some nuggets to help you with your philosophy and your attitude and your mindset that are gonna drive some new behaviors on a consistent basis in your life so you can get the lifestyle that you guys want. God bless you all. Thank you. Hey, guys. I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Hyperfast Agent Show and getting a live look into one of our events. We put these events on multiple times a year. We also do weekly coaching calls uh, through our Hyperfast Agent program as well as for the agents who join us at eXp Realty. 
And if you're thinking about making a move to a brokerage that will allow you to keep more of your commission, become an owner in the company, and build residual income, Carrie and I would love to be your business partners. We will coach you. We will guide you. We will help you scale your real estate team. We'll help you build your revenue share organization uh, because we are truly partners with you when you join us at EXP Realty. And that's why we've become one of the fastest growing groups ever in the history of EXP. If you want to learn more about partnering with us, you can just pick up your phone, your cell phone, send me a text message, 703-638-4393. Yes, it is me that will answer and I'll respond and send you some information and you know we can schedule a call on Zoom. All you have to do if you're thinking about partnering with me at EXP Realty or you know, you just want to compare it to the situation you have now so that you can make a fully informed decision. But you just have to pick up your phone, text me at 703-638-4393. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the show. If you did, please like it, give us some comments, leave us a review on iTunes and share it with other real estate agents. We'll see you next time.